Hey everybody, sorry I'm late. The boat I was in capsized and I had to find my way out through the bottom of the boat, which had become the top of the boat. My name is Chris Rivas and you're listening to This Film Is Not Yet Created, the podcast where we make our own versions of movie sequels that never got, never happened, never happened. Uh, with me as always is my co-host Steve. Sorry I'm late. I had to defend the world from aliens who blew up the White House. And now we're going to make sure that July 4th isn't just an American holiday. It's a world holiday. <laughs> and, uh, and with us is our guest for this episode. We're doing The Princess Bride. And with us is our guest, Bonnie. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I'm late. Uh, my son is about to marry a woman who her parents are very conservative and her dad's a senator. And I have to pretend to be really straight and my drag queen husband, I think, has to pretend to be a woman for the night. <laughs> I don't know that one. What is that? The birdcage. Oh, of course. Yeah. This is Guatemalanes. <laughs> yes. Agador Spartacus. <laughs> Uh, fantastic. So we're here today. We're doing uh, The Princess Bride. This was Bonnie's suggestion. Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, did you have a... I just wanted to, to ask Bonnie, what does this movie mean to you that you would recommend it? And uh, why? Really, we're doing this as the first one. I think it's a pretty good first one to do because it's such a beloved movie by lots of people. Yeah, I think it's just a good cult classic that a lot of kids' movies don't hold up as you become an adult. Like, I didn't watch a lot of the Tim Burton movies as sure, a kid. Yeah. Just watched them, like, last year. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, I think Princess Bride pretty much holds up. It has a pretty solid storyline, and they show it every year at the Music Box on Valentine's Day. They go every single year. Even single, with friends, whatever. It's it's a classic. It, it is. It truly is. It's like the best romance adventure movie even though it's also making fun of romance adventure movies. I think that's the the best part about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's uh, dive in here. I've written a short script for my version of Princess Bride 2, and this is sort of an abridged version of the whole movie. Perfect. Uh, so if you guys have it pulled up, yeah? Mm-hmm. It's called Dread Pirate Roberts. Okay. So uh, during this one, uh, Bonnie, you're going to play grandson. Perfect. And Wesley and Man. Okay. Uh, Steve, you're going to play Grandpa and Fezzik. Okay, I hope you know I'm going to go full Andre the Giant. I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, I'll be reading the part of Inigo and also the stage directions. Okay? So this is uh, Dread Pirate Roberts. Interior boys' bedroom evening. We're in the same boys' bedroom from the first movie. Grandson and Grandpa are in their same positions as we found them at the start of the last movie. Hey, Grandpa, read me another story. No, no, you don't like stories, remember? You like the video games and whatnot. Please, I like the last one, especially the kissing parts. (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) could see you like those kissing parts. Why don't don't you think I sit further (laughs) away from you? (laughs) But I also like the fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. Okay, okay, fine. Grandpa pulls a book seemingly out of nowhere. He opens it, licks his thumb, and begins to flip a few pages forward. The Dread Pirate Roberts. Exterior mountaintop, day. Wesley and Buttercup are finishing an impassioned kiss. Inigo and Fezzik stand nearby, staring at them. Wesley, Buttercup, Inigo, and Fezzik, 
had all just escaped Hubbardick's castle and rode off into the sunset. Well, my friends, it's time to bid you farewell. Why must you leave when <laughs> you... You go by my... That's your Andre the Giant? I'm trying. I gotta I got, I got do the... Anybody want the peanut? Yeah. Start off Pee-wee with Herman. Yeah. 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 It's just deep, deep voice to Pee-wee Herman. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to get... Uh, I lost it. Yeah. Well, my friends, it's time we bid you farewell. Oh, I must you leave when you go... Uh, where you go? My heart will have a hole as big as my sleeve. I'm Andre the Giant. I'm talking rhymes. Anyone remember those character lines? I do not think slant rhymes count. We must go now to have a bunch of... Wesley looks directly into camera. Kissing scenes. Interior <laughs> boys' bedroom evening. Ooh, yeah. Tell me about those. Ew. No, you little freak. <laughs> you what, Ten? Wait till I leave, and then you can go uh, stand too close to the dryer or rub on an arm set or whatever it is you do. (laughs) Exterior, mountaintop day. So they're standing there saying goodbye. But what will we do without you? I feel like my character arc is done. And Venezia is dead. (laughs) Vizzini may be dead, but your arc is far from it. After all, the world needs a new... Wesley looks directly into camera. Man in black. Johnny Cash. Matthew McConaughey from The Dark Tower. Will Smith. (laughs) Dread Pirate Roberts. Oh, okay. Buttercup pulls Wesley close, whispering something inaudible into his ear so that producers can pay her less. As you wish. (laughs) Wesley and Buttercup get on a horse and ride off. Well, I hope they have not left us to our doom. Anyone want to leg him? <laughs> what is that word? Legume. Legume? <laughs> That's what a peanut is. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. okay. oh, I got that. Don't yeah, worry. Thank you. Uh, so exterior village. Uh, Inigo and Fezzik are walking through a small village. Maybe we should see what Miracle Max needs anything. He was a memorable character that would be fun to reintroduce. You have nothing to do now that you got, a, got revenge on the six-finger man. Excuse me? Man, a passerby, suddenly stops and enters the conversation. What did you say? He spent his life getting revenge on the six-figure man who killed his father. Then you're the one I've been searching for. You see, my mother was killed long ago by a man who spoke nothing, <laughs> spoke of nothing but finding and getting revenge on a six-fingered man. My name is Howard Fisher. <laughs> you killed my mother. Prepare to be wounded and then succumb to those wounds several days later after infection sets in and it becomes a huge burden on your family and those around you. <laughs> Inigo and Howard have a tremendous sword fight that rivals the spectacle of the Star Wars prequels, the emotional undertone, character motivation, and subtext of the originals, and nothing from the sequel trilogy. <laughs> in the end, Inigo and Fezzik both lay dead. Howard stands, breathless, pulls a black mask out of his pocket and pulls it over his face. He walks into the camera as it fades to black. Interior boy's bedroom. Grandpa closes the book and looks to the grandson, satisfied. I don't like that story as much as the other one. Okay, Zuma. Grandpa stands and moves to the bedroom door. Grandpa? Grandpa, standing in the doorway, turns to his grandson. Don't ever read me a story again. As you wish. Grandpa (laughs) walks out of the bedroom, turning off the light as he does. Fade to black. And... (laughs) 
<laughs> I, the tone of ours are very different. And I'm enjoying this greatly. <laughs> now, Bonnie, as a as a hardcore fan of this, if you saw this trailer in theaters, what would be your reaction? Um, I would actually laugh really hard. It would. It reminds me of what my uncle would have made up if he didn't want to tell me any more freaking stories, and I just needed to go to bed. Pretty yeah, on brand for the grandpa, yeah, at least. Yeah. That's the moral of your story. Is I'm going to tell you this story so you can go to bed. Who yeah. cares if it's good or not? Yeah. Go to bed. Yeah, It's actually pretty on brand for the book, too. The book takes like three chapters of the author pretending to describe him finding this manuscript before it gets to the actual story. Wow. There's like, that wasn't in the first one. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the actual book has moments where people come out and he, like the author comes out he goes this is actually a really boring part that I cut out if you want to read this part send a letter to this address and I'll mail you the pages that I cut out of this book <laughs> the book is called the abridged version and it's all still made up by the same guy that's amazing <laughs> how, how do you even I, I couldn't even keep that straight acid yeah clearly <laughs> <laughs> yeah it uh, was <laughs> yours was really fourth wall breaking yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, I think you'll find uh, my scripts are often like very <laughs> sarcastic. Okay. Because like I wrote like a full like outline. Uh, please of, lead us into oh, it. Lead right. right. us into it. All right. So this one, I was I was contemplating what to call it because. I don't want to just name it Princess Bride 2. And, uh, you know, I've been I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones over the past couple of years. And, like, it was very, like, thinking about when, when I watched the movie today, how innocent and how, like, you know, like, they make this medieval time so sure. fantastical sure. kind of area where I'm so used and conditioned to bloody scenes and stuff like that. So I had to keep pulling myself back. Um because I didn't, you know, want it to be too harsh because this is a kid's movie <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day. Uh, but I also wanted to uh, to kind of throw in the message mm-hmm. of uh, the adventure is never over. That's kind of like the, the through line of the whole movie. Um, so it starts, mine is called The Princess Hunter. Ooh. Right? So, Humperdinck, wasn't he the princess hunter? Huh? Technically, he is the greatest <laughs> huntsman of all the ages. And he was chasing her. Yeah. And he and he got her, but then she left. And yeah. then he got God. And, and he, well, wait, well, okay. So, sort of, so yeah, I, I sort was of. a little confused. Humperdick, yeah. It, hum, <laughs> 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 yeah, see, uh, a Humperdick, is he the six-figured guy no. or he's the king, right? Yeah. Count Rugen is the six-fingered Count man. Count Rugen, great. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to call him six-fingered <laughs> To be honest, I did a little research leading up to this to find out his name was Count Rugen. This whole time I've just been calling him Christopher Guest. I mean, that's not incorrect. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> idea for your podcast. Yeah. Only pick scripts that everyone else is obsessed with and Grande knows nothing about. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that I can, that we can correct yeah. him the entire yeah, time. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Get, get your correction <laughs> pants on. Oh, I, I'm gonna let be... me get my red pen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, it starts off with a road trip. 
Fred Savage is now an adult. Okay. And uh, he is married to uh, Wendy McLennan uh, Covey, who is the mom on the Goldbergs. <laughs> okay. The blonde haired girl. And I mainly casted her as that because I want the kid to be played by the girl from Bird Box. Yes. That blonde girl who just like, like if you go online. I've never seen it. Go, I've never seen go it. look at the scene Neither where uh, Sandra Bullock is just yelling at this child and she has this like face of like awe and wonder even through this like crazy situation (laughs) and she's terrified but it's just like the most adorable face and that's why it stuck with me that she is that part um so they're on a road trip right and this girl she's she's a little more uh little little less concerned with like all the all the stuff that she finds on Netflix and stuff like that. Like I see a lot of kids just like glued to an iPad. Yeah. Whenever they're out or on a, in a road trip in a movie or whatever. Um, so they are just ending their trip from the Grand Canyon, and now they're going to drive all the way back to Chicago. Okay. So I was thinking about the the plot device of like how do we get uh, the story read? Because at first I was thinking of an audio book, but that guess kind of sounds lame and too too modern. Okay, uh, I think it needs to be somebody that's reading to her. So um, yeah, there she's in the back seat. She's in. She's looking out the window. She's sad because she's so she loved the adventure of going to the Grand Canyon, and now <sighs> she has to go back. And like she's trying to pass the time by on the iPad, but, like, it keeps popping up that it's, like, Robin Hood 7 and all the King's Men Season 5, and it's just <laughs> stories that keep going and going and going. Um, it's a little contradictory to what's about yeah, to happen. Yeah, okay. But, <laughs> but I think it's earned because of how much it meant to the father. Um, and uh, he offers, he's like, you want me to read me, read you a book? And he's, and she's like, if it's The Princess Bride again, I don't want to hear it. Because you've read it to me a bunch of times. Yeah. And he's like, well, I think you're you're getting to that right age where you're able to handle something a little bit more uh, more adult. Okay. Because the sequel <laughs> is a little bit, little bit harsher than the first one. So that's kind of set up. Also, I know that this audience would be going for, uh, you know, the, the main people who they'd be marketing this to is us to relive our, right. our our stuff. And we, I think, as as entertainment goers, like, we want, we want a little more blood with our stake than back in 87. Um, so be. she didn't know there was a sequel, but she's apprehensive, and it's also kind of a commentary of, like, <laughs> this movie didn't need a sequel, but it's happening anyway. Uh, <laughs> the search but, for more money. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, like, and yeah. like he kind of he says, well, there are other reasons, and then they just kind of drop it, and she kind of, you know, is, is listening to it. So it picks up. He starts reading it, and it picks up right where the last movie left off, but it's uh, Humperdinck, and he was tied to a chair at the end of the first movie. Yes. Sure, like, yeah. Like, I, 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 that was my biggest gripe with the movie, is like, okay, you got your villain, and now you're just going to leave him tied to a chair, and you're going to go run off? What do you, what do you think's going to happen? This guy is going to come after you. Because he wants to go to war or something, he's got his motives, but like he's he, he's got pride and he's upset that now his plan went to shit. So he's gonna spend the rest of his life hunting her down. Um, he's so, vindictive. So he, yeah, uh, yeah uh, they he's oh he's let out by the king. 
And my favorite part oh. of, of like the towards the end of the movie uh, was the king is like walking uh, Buttercup back to her room, and she's like, "I'm gonna kill myself the second I get in there." But you were always nice to me. Kisses and kisses him on the cheek, <laughs> and and she's just like, "Oh, I," uh, you know, he's like, "Oh, well, I, I'm gonna completely ignore everything you said yeah. before, <laughs> but I got a kiss." And like, and so this king is kind Classic. of like he's never had a bad day in his life. Yeah. Uh, but the son is is a dick, and uh, in in one of the flashbacks earlier in the movie, he like says that the king has died. This one, he kills the king straight up because because <laughs> he's because he's like so upset and like he's tired of you know this old man and takes the crown right. Okay. And then he goes in. He finds the six fingered man. Uh, he takes him. What was uh, Billy Crystal's character called Miracle Max. Mm-hmm. Miracle Max. He takes him to Miracle Max, <laughs> and uh, uh, says he's only done this once before because this guy is like almost really dead, like because he he was stabbed fatally, but like he's still bleeding out. He's got like one yeah. percent health left, <laughs> and. <laughs> And, he, and Billy Crystal makes the joke. He's like, I've only done this once before. Chocolate ain't going to get it done. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so he brings him back to life. But it's not like how when Wesley was brought back to life with a, like some air pump yeah. right into his mouth. Uh, it was, but it, he, six-figured man, comes back like half dead. Like, kind of like the mountain in Game of okay. Thrones. All right? Um, the kingdom, like, had just heard how this girl, like, broke out and, like, like the, the kingdom was all in shit. But he, uh, he kind of, like, was like, hey, I brought this person back from the dead. Y'all better respect me. And, <laughs> and they all team up and they take two years searching, oh. uh, for, for the two of them. Uh-huh. Right. And you find out that, uh, everything is great where Buttercup and Wesley are. They got Nigo and, uh, Fezzik just hanging out. Right. They're building this village. Everything's great. Uh, they have a kid. They have a baby, right? What do they name the baby? Oh, who cares? Uh, <gasps> I don't know. I mean, oh. I got a girl kid too, uh, well, and you don't want to name her, well, so it, it doesn't pass the best well, no, out it test. Does. Well, the first movie didn't either. They're gonna have a baby that's a girl, and then she's only gonna talk about men. Yeah. Uh, when she talks, yeah, <laughs> it is a girl. It's very parallel to the little girl in the car. That's why. Uh, uh, but no, I didn't. I didn't have time to name her because I was literally just finishing this outline and drove here. So fine. Her name is uh, uh, Tootsie Roll. Do yep. Because if it's Buttercup, then Tootsie Roll. Mm-hmm. There we go. Love it. Uh, just Makes candy. Sense. Just Makes candy sense. names. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so. They're, they have a small farm, and then they, like, they're doing all the shit, and they're standing over the baby, like, looking at her, and then all of a sudden they hear a commotion, right? And the men have come to find them, and uh, Buttercup and the baby, they escape. They get on a boat and get the hell out. But the, the three men stay, and they fight, and uh, it's revealed because they're, like, whooping the king's men's ass, right? Yeah. And then, like, dead six-figured guy comes back out, but he has control of those rat things in the forest. The R-O-U-S's. The yes. R-O-U-S's, And they, yeah. they come Ooh. out. And start and like all pile onto Andre the Giant in a very Hodor like scene. <laughs> no! Sacrifices himself. 
Wow. I also make Andre the Giant sacrifices. Oh my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> so sad. So, so they go into, so Inigo and Wesley get go into the woods, right? And they end up at Magic Max's place. Uh, he doesn't know uh, how to kill a half dead man, but his master does. <gasps> Flashback goes to Spain. Six Finger Man <laughs> kills Domingo, the father of Inigo uh-huh. Montoya. Um, Points. But the master, <laughs> who like, and like the whole dynamic of this is that like the apprentice who is Magic Ma- Ma- Miracle uh, Max, yeah, or whatever his yeah. name is, uh, <laughs> he's. he's He's like the wisecracking one where the master is super serious. Of course. Right? Mm-hmm. Played by uh, Gary Oldman. Uh, I'm sick. in. I, how much money do you need for this? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> just wait. Because uh, there are a lot of, <laughs> of great cameos coming up. Um, so, we t- so uh, the flashback, and it's just them reviving the father. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it's they cut back before you can see who the father is or really how they do it, because, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they travel to Spain to Inigo's uh, hometown. The town has been destroyed. Villagers are scared to get out of of where they are. Right. And um, they they hear that Dread Pirate Roberts is about. Right. And they they they're like, whatever. I was I was dread pirate Roberts. That's a, that whole thing's a joke. So they're all laughing it off as they go to see the master. <laughs> um, they get to the master uh, and they find out the only way to kill them is through this magical sword or whatever. Um, and then it reveals that Domingo is still alive and that he is Dread Pirate Roberts. Oh. And he's been doing it longer than anyone because he uh, he has helped this master take control of this area by being a pirate and going to get stuff. And that's where the legend comes from and everybody's spinning it off. Uh, but he's the OG. He's the real Dread Pirate Roberts. Uh, and you see that it is played by... Antonio Banderas. Of course. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> I would absolutely watch that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they fight, and uh, once again, like, because he's he's a half-dead man, he's just, like, slaying him down, and he goes, like, beside himself, like, Father, how could you? Blah, blah, blah. I sacrificed so much to, to protect your honor, and this is what you do. And he's like, I don't care. I'm dead. Blah. <laughs> It's all the, you know, he goes very Night King, very, like, this, who cares about the living at this point? That's his motivation. Uh, But then they are grabbed, right, right before, and they're conked out. And then they wake up, and you go and Wesley, on a boat, and it's this giant figure, right? And, like, a little bit before in the scene, they start to get hints of where the sword could be, but uh, you look up. And the reason why this person is in here is, you look up, it is William the Refrigerator Perry. Okay. Okay. Chicago well, Bears great. Yes. Thank you. So, yes. So, since uh, this body doesn't know, and a lot of people listening probably won't know, he, he, was a part of the 80, he was a part of the 85 Bears. He scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl that should have gone to Walter Payton, but instead it was him because he's a giant man who just, like, bulged his way into the end zone from, like, the one-yard line or something like that. Uh, But the reason why I bring this up is because Fred Savage, 
right? Fred, not Ben. Ben's, Ben's, yeah. Fred's. Uh, yeah, Fred Savage. Ben is uh, Corey Matthews. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Fred. Uh, so Fred Savage in the movie panned to this one shot, and you can see a poster of William the Refrigerator Perry on his wall, okay. along with a bunch of other Chicago uh, sports things. Yeah, I mean, he's wearing a Bears shirt throughout mm-hmm. that movie, yeah. Yep, so I kind of see, like, this character, like, of course a character is, like, his favorite sports icon. Sure. Right? Uh, so, but he plays, like, the leader, and it's it's not really found out until they get to this village, which is in this rocky, like, kind of mountain area, which is supposed to juxtapose because, you know, half of the trip, like, goes through the Rockies, in you know from mm-hmm. Chicago to Cap to uh, or from Arizona to Chicago, um, so you get there and it's like a land of giants and you find out that this is Fezzik's like home village, and there's all these giants and then as they get there they're welcomed and stuff like that and you see that Buttercup is there with the kid. And that they had made it safe, as this was kind Aww. of like the, you know, it's like Land Before Time. <laughs> hold, hold on no. to that. Can <laughs> <laughs> you let me be happy about anything? I, I am. I am. <laughs> You're just, not. Just uh, <laughs> this is an attack. So, so they they go to they they speak to him and they're like, "Hey, we need this sword now that you're the king. Do you know where it is? It's rumored to be in this land." And he's like, "Yes, but I I don't know what you can do with it because they go up to the top of this mountain and it's like broken, right?" And they're like, oh, well, we need to, how are we going to get it back together? And then at that same time, you find out that the kid has been stolen because they've been, the the six-figured man and the king have been chasing them the whole time. So they steal the kid, right? And they go back to the kingdom. Yeah. And so much has happened. And like they bring the whole horde of giants with them. And they end up going to this one troll like figure, okay. like this big mean guy. Okay. Uh, and this is something I'm probably going to do in all of my movies that Excellent. I pitch is that. All of my movies will include the one of the best actors of all time, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph of course. Lundgren. <laughs> and Dolph Lundgren is the guy that pieces it together, right? And he wants to come fight, too. Because, of course, if you get <laughs> Dolph Lundgren for a movie, you better be fighting it. That's real. So he takes her. All the, they, they all go back to the kingdom. And, the, you know, they fight. Uh, the the king and the six fingered man and yeah. Nigo's dad and like there's so much like there's this huge battle going outside and uh, you know they're all upstairs fighting in the in the courtroom once again and uh, the king kind of does like a fatal blow to Wesley in which. Uh, why are you like this? Hold on, yeah. hold on. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a real, it's a real bad nick in the knee, in the leg. It looks like it could okay. be bad, right? But he's he's disabled. He's done. He's out. And uh, like then, the Buttercup picks up the sword yeah, and she stabs does. him right oh, in the heart. Honda yeah. should say, "I am no man." <laughs> <laughs> As he disintegrates. So, uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, if you get stabbed with it, you uh, you kind of turn blue and disintegrate. Um, Hell yeah! And Anigo's father is like, oh, like they do the same. They Anigo ends up killing the guy again before yeah. this, uh, and then he has to go over and do the same thing to the father 
but the father's like, yo, this all this carnage out there like made me made me make this old dead person realize I still have a heart, uh, but I don't want to do this again. And Nego has to kill his father Shit. to to set him free. Oh my god. Okay. All right, and that's. That's the end of it. The Wesley, you know, gets taken in a flat, like a whole montage gets taken to the Miracle Backs again, gets healed, is fine, and they go back to living on the village. And there's like a statue of Andre the Giant. Do you think they have therapists in Florin? They do now. Yeah. After you had to murder your father. Right. Even though See you thought he was dead. your father die a second time, yeah. but the second time by your own hand. Uh-huh. Yeah. This movie is uh-huh. rated PG-13. That seems <laughs> generous. In 87, it would have been, uh, for sure. <laughs> that means you get one F word if it's PG-13. Uh-huh. Where are you putting it? No blood. Oh, oh right? it's, it's definitely Dolph Lundgren saying, let's <laughs> fucking go. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm back on board. Yeah. <laughs> great, great, great. The great, Princess great. Hunter. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. and that's mine. That was great. <laughs> you, I like that you went like so detailed with your pitch over. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was the, great. The fake trailer. Yeah. I liked yeah. watching Chris's eyes trying to put the pieces of the puzzle yeah. together yeah. <laughs> wildly while you were describing everything going on. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. Cool. All right, Bonnie, what do you what do you got for us? All right, well, I originally had named it Princess Bride 2, and then Grande made a jab at it. <laughs> so, uh-huh. um, hey, to, to each their own. Uh, well, I did have a title for it that seemed like too much of a, like, <laughs> okay. But uh, I wanted to call it Buttercup's Revenge. Sick. Because the name of the pirate ship is Revenge. Is it? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> See? Right. That's why you didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. We have quite a few characters, so let's go down the list. Okay. Um, Chris, you'll be Fred Savage. Okay. Uh, Steve, I'm going to make you the kid. Okay. Chris, you're the narrator. Okay. Steve, you're back to Fezzik again. <laughs> yep. And Chris, I'm going to have you be Inigo Montoya again. Okay. I'm going to be the ship captain and Buttercup. Steve, you'll be Wesley, the evil horseman, and the beautiful swordsman. Okay. Great. And I will, I'll read stage directions. Okay. Open up uh, on a kid's bedroom. Fred Savage enters the bedroom, and the kid is just sitting on the bed. Mom says you're sick. Yeah, I definitely can't go to school today. <laughs> the, kid <coughs> st- <laughs> the kid coughs and Snickles clearly faking. <laughs> it sounds like you need a day in bed. Yeah, I'll probably just play video games. No way, I took a day off. We're going to read this. He pulls a book from behind his back. But, Dad, you've already read The Princess Bride to me. Don't you know there's a sequel? He waits. <gasps> In a world where the princess isn't a princess, the pirate isn't practicing piracy, and the swordsman with the thirst for revenge is retired? Cut to a ship with the crew in the middle of an epic battle. The crowd clears to show a giant hooded figure. The figure removes their hood, revealing Fezzik. I am the dead pirate Robert. <laughs> the sailors drop their swords. Some jump over the side of the ship in fear. And this is my first mate. Hello, my name is Diego Montoya. We're here for your money. Hurry up and surrender now, Sonny. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, of course. Cut back to the bedroom. Wait, wait. I thought Inigo was going to be... Dread Pirate Roberts. I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Introducing a brand new adventure in the thrilling sequel 
to everyone's favorite love story. Cut to a small cabin on a farm. Wesley and Buttercup are feeding the chickens out front. Sappy romantic music plays. Will you hand me that pail? As you would. Cut back to the bedroom. <laughs> oh, come on. We get it. As you wish means I love you. Jeez, who taught you to earn her up like this? Kid rolls his eyes. Sorry. Cut back to the cabin on the farm. Wesley and Buttercup are embracing. Suddenly, a group of people and horses rush in. The chickens scatter. Ah, you Wesley of Florin. <laughs> Wesley does that look up with a sarcastic grin. It's annoying to villains and too straight of men, but it's adored by most <laughs> women and definitely the gays. Uh, it depends who you're asking. Seize him! <laughs> the band leaps down and overtakes Wesley, but he doesn't go down without a fight. He knocks down several bandits. As Wesley is restrained, Buttercup is held to the side by two men. She's kicking and insulting them. You're lucky they want you alive. But they won't. Oh, they won't be. <laughs> Sorry. <fuck> that. <laughs> Cheeky. All of the lines I know. should just be him talking <laughs> this to himself. This is a bad choice. <laughs> the evil horseman nods to the bandits. They put a bag over Wesley's head and ride off with him. The two holding Buttercup throw her into the cabin. A tale of kidnapping, revenge, and magic. The bandits bar the door and disappear in a cloud of smoke. We cut back to the bedroom, and the kid is eating Taco Bell while listening to Fred Savage. What's she gonna do? So now you're invested? Maybe. Give me a chalupa. No, you gotta read the story. <laughs> cut to the pirate ship Revenge. A grappling hook is fastened to the rail. The crew looks over to see who is climbing up, confused. Buttercup climbs up the rail. She's wearing his uh, Wesley's black mask and a sword on her hip. One of the pirates charges Ooh. at her. She sighs and easily disarms him, knocking him overboard. Really, you'd think the dread pirate Roberts would have a better crew than this. Fezzik steps forward and the crew clears a path for him. Who dares <laughs> insult dread pirate Roberts? Buttercup stands tall and proud. He's like a Muppet version <laughs> of Princess Bride. Oh my god. I can't, I can't do it. But I'm still going to try. It's only the truth. Hardly an insult. How did the narrator go? Who has taken Wesley? And for what purpose? We transition into a montage throughout the story. This is impossible. We need a miracle to make this work. Fezzik and Inigo exchange a glance. Follow Buttercup, Inigo, and Fezzik in their daring exploits. What was that? <laughs> a loud roar is heard, shaking the group. Fezzik looks up and points. A giant dragon flies overhead, breathing fire into a ravine. You two go on ahead. This is a job for <laughs> dead pirates, Roberts! Inigo nods and embraces Fezzik. Be safe, my friend. Until the very end. <laughs> As they fight bigger monsters and better fighters. Inigo and Buttercup are blocked by a tall man. His arms are crossed. A beautifully crafted sword is on his belt. Inigo looks him up and down and grins. This will be easy. Inigo steps forward and draws his sword. Go, find Wesley. Buttercup nods and rushes off. Shall we begin? I thought you'd never ask. They start to duel, and Nigo is surprised that they're evenly matched. His surprise turns to enjoyment. I have not seen some, someone fight uh, so beautifully in years. The beautiful swordsman gives a fuckboy smile. <laughs> You're quite lovely yourself. Sword fighting montage. Inigo finds. <laughs> sword fighting montage. Inigo finds an opening and makes a hit. Suddenly, their blades are locked at the hilt. They stare deeply into each other's eyes. I must know 
Who are you? The sexual tension is ridiculous. <laughs> Inigo and the beautiful swordsman lean forward. The music intensifies. They are close enough to kiss. The scene swiftly cuts to Buttercup. Not in a queer-baiting way. They will definitely kiss in the full movie. Definitely. Buttercup kicks down a door. Watch them tackle evil with the most powerful weapon of all. How did you find me? Don't you know? Nothing can stop true. Cut to the bedroom. The kid is hanging on to Fred Savage's every word. Fred Savage closes the book. Well, you know how it goes. Nothing can stop true love. Blackout. <laughs> That was, right. that was amazing. That was <laughs> amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I really like uh, uh, how like we all had such different oh, yeah. takes. I made mine exactly what 15-year-old Bonnie would have wanted. Uh-huh. Dragons, lots more swords, uh-huh. boys kissing boys. There would be girls kissing girls if I had more time. Yeah. Of course. I love I love those types of It's necessary. Yeah. Oh my god! I, I really oh loved god. how you gave Andre the Giant more lines in this trailer yeah. than he did in yeah. the entire last yeah. movie. Uh, I also like the idea that in this movie, uh, in every movie uh, since Andre the Giant's now passed away, that he's just played by a, a Muppet. Um. <laughs> I do like. I imagine him as. Um, did you guys ever watch? Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah. The big eagle guy, yeah. Errol, who's yeah. the first mate. That's like mm-hmm. almost a good impression <laughs> of him. <laughs> I'll keep working at it. Yeah. <laughs> Please find another movie that Andre the Giant is in. Uh, God. I'm, yeah, I don't know of any there, other There's movies. another one called My Giant about a guy who like. That's right. Discovers him as a giant and then it's him acting in it. That's right. I think that's that's all I that's, know. Yeah. We should maybe shift gears with this podcast and only do movies starring wrestlers. <laughs> Ooh. Wrestlers. All right, brother. I do I do want to say, like, <laughs> in, in commentary of that first movie, he did a great job. And I know that the role was, like, like really kind of created for, for him. Um, but, like, he, he was awesome. And, like, you see so many wrestlers do movies that aren't The Rock and, like, yep. are terrible. Yeah. And, like, this was... He was a pioneer. He's a pioneer. Yep. And he should be recognized that he's a he's a, a wrestler that could could get the job done and, and be an iconic role. Absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. And, oh, oh, I forgot to say. Okay. And mine, because there are two things. <laughs> Why are you retroactively editing yeah. your yeah, script? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. no, it was just like two uh, things. I forgot I spent to, days I on forgot mine. to throw in <laughs> several I'm, days. I'm so sorry. I forgot <laughs> to throw in one is that when you get to the village, they are are dipping things in chocolate. And you find out that those things are peanuts. So all the giants <laughs> uh-huh. are just uh-huh. eating uh-huh. peanuts. Anybody over and over again, and I also wanted to throw in that uh, it, for wrestling fans out there, that after Andre the Giant, there is this guy who is known as the Big Show, and he was originally marketed as like the next Andre the Giant, so he's definitely in that crew of giants. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for that. (laughs) 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 We can talk about your movies again. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's it's all right. It's all right. Uh, We've gone over because of you. Uh, Great. I'm just just fucking. uh, Get used to it. (laughs) Uh, So that was, those are our takes on what Princess Bride 2 could and probably should be. 
I think we should combine all three of ours. Uh huh. Uh huh. I mean, Princess Bride Two, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, instead of a fantasy setting, they're break dancers on the streets of L.A. <laughs> of course. Uh, trying to save their local rec center. Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, All right. So uh, before we uh, jump out here, let's just give a quick, uh, quick shout out to IO Chicago. Uh, We recorded our podcast today in the IO Chicago studio space. IO Chicago, you can find live comedy here seven nights a week, typically shows at 730 and 10 o'clock. Check out IOChicago.com for more information. A uh, huge shout out and thank you to Josh Wilson, our lovely engineer hey. today. Hey. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Um, and then uh, this this episode will air in one to two weeks. Uh, is there, where do you guys like put up your art? Where can people find you more? Maybe your social media or something like that, Bonnie? Um, I just do stuff for fun. Usually at the Crowd Theater, always free. Um, check out the Crowd Theater anyway. And then otherwise... Uh, I'm an advertising copywriter, just like ye old John Hughes. Uh, if you have lots of money, go ahead, hire me. Try and get me out of this country. Okay. Okay. Steve? I perform. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you I don't speak. Can we redo the yeah. whole podcast? Uh-huh. Yeah. I perform every <laughs> every Friday and Saturday night at Batsu Chicago. Uh, check out BatsuLive.com for more info. But it's a Japanese game show that uh, is like half improv comedy. Mm-hmm. So you can see us competing in, in challenges. And if we're not funny, we get hurt. So it's a good time. Uh, check that out. And uh, I also host trivia on Tuesday nights. So if you're ever in Skokie, Illinois. Oh, no. Yeah, no, don't go to I was yeah. in until you said something that wasn't yeah. the city. Right, yeah. right. But I, you guys should go. I, I think the audience should go. Uh huh. Yeah, go go do some trivia in Skokie at Village Inn. It was, yeah, it's real yeah. good. All right. It's uh, fun times. I'm performing in Fire and Beer at the Annoyance every nice. Saturday at 8. So yeah. that's typically where you'll find me. Uh, Great. Well, I, I'm sorry to leave you guys, but I got to run. Uh, I just got orders that I need to take to the front lines in World War II to deliver a message and relieve someone from duty because all his brothers died. Uh, you know what that reminds me? I got to run to uh, my kid just got a new toy. And now me and that toy have been stranded at a place called Pizza Planet. And I got to find my way back to him. <laughs> Dang, you know what, guys? I gotta go, too. I've been on the run from the feds my entire adult life, and someone finally just figured out who I am. So I gotta go on a big caper doing my job against the people who know how to do my job better and steal something from the mob. 